business in the front. Party in the back. Sorry, I have myself on mute because I was moving things around. Oh. Party in the back. I was thinking that was a very long delay. Podcast. <laughs> Podcast. It was like, d- 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 like the drum roll for the second part yeah. to come in. Yeah. Uh, podcast. Wow. This is really a <laughs> smooth operation. Should we start again? Do you think we should start again or just keep going? What do we do? Let's just keep going. Okay. I'm Michelle. And I'm Lauren. And uh, for our listeners at home, if this is your first episode, normally oh our introductions are very smooth. Yes. And rehearsed. We've only been doing it for, you know, nine months or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Almost a year. But, yeah, I know. It's true. It's insane. Anyway. So, yes. so welcome to the podcast, which is brought to you, Lauren, by my business this week, Michelle R. Price, the Lightworker. I am a Oracle card reader. I do mediumships. So I connect you to past over loved ones and uh, also mentorships. So teaching people to discover their gifts, develop their gifts. I'm a Reiki masters. I'm also taking people through levels one, two, and three, which is your masters and lots of other things. I also do paranormal work. So uh, house clearings and stuff like that. So quite varied. I'm a Reiki, uh, sorry, pranic energy healer as well. So if there's any of those things that tickle your fancy, if you want a business reading, I do business readings specifically, past lives, you know, all sorts of things. Anything is possible, spirit guides, angels, all of that sort of stuff. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, Michelle R. Price, The Lightworker on Facebook, Lauren. I had a reading with Michelle and um, I never wanted to have one. No, it sort of accidentally happened, didn't it? Yeah, it kind of accidentally happened. Yeah, and I guess... The reason why I was sort of hesitant was because I'm very self-aware of like what my truth is, I guess. And at the same time, I do find myself at times to be gullible and can sometimes have a challenge with being the word. I don't want to say misled. That's definitely not the right word, but I guess influenced is probably what it is. So when I'm really connected with my own heart and my own path, my own truth, I very rarely ask for other people's opinion because I already know the answer to my, you know, for myself. But this is a long winded way of me saying that I had a reading with you and it was just, it was fun. It was interesting. It was supportive. You didn't give me information in a way that I felt you were trying to influence me at all. You were just giving me information that made me feel kind of validated on what I already knew to be true and maybe some, you know, suggestions of things to look at. I think that sometimes people, they don't all use their gift mm-hmm. for that. And you know what I mean, Michelle? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you would yeah. know because in the business, sometimes people say, well, this is what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. I remember I went to a psychic one time and he goes, well, you're going to be an old bitch. I went, oh, okay. And um, wow. And and can I have my money back? That's what I would have been saying. Yeah. And he proceeded <laughs> to tell me all these random things about, you know, like someone's going to get sick and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And like to the point where it wasn't palatable, I, I didn't really understand what was happening. And yeah, yeah, it just kind of made me feel that I didn't want to go there. But I just wanted to enforce to listener at home that if you are wanting an outside perspective, that's gentle and kind and full of humor and um, a lot know, of tears inspiring. a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of tears for sure. I know yeah. I cried in our reading and it's interesting, Michelle, I didn't expect you to have your eyes closed during our reading, but I guess that's the way that you see. Clairvoyant, yeah. Clairvoyant, you see through here, so you don't need yeah. your physical eyes. I could leave my physical eyes open, but the thing with um, 
the clairvoyant abilities that you switch on the pineal gland, which is in the center of the brain by closing your eyes. So the darkness actually kicks off that chemical reaction. So it would be difficult. When I started, I used to work in a very dark room. So when I first started doing this, I was in a very dark room, blinds down, lights off, the whole thing. So people would sit here in the dark with me. And sometimes I'd have a candle going. So, you know, like back in the day, the mystics. Yeah, like your classic psychic. (laughs) Yeah, they would. They'd be in a really dark room. You never see them in a brightly lit room. No. Because that allows your clairvoyant abilities to, you know, kick in a lot more. So, um, yeah, that's why we do it. That's so interesting because sometimes I can see stuff and I guess I always sort of felt as though I needed to try to see that stuff with my eyes open, but it doesn't work. So, yeah, that's cool that... Yeah, that's really interesting. You can, anyway, you can obviously see with your eyes open as well. But um, yeah, yeah, when you're doing readings and you're to focus and you're doing like, you know, 10 in a row or something, you want to, um, yeah, try to maintain okay. that status. Yeah, And if you're learning to help to close yeah. your eyes. Absolutely. I would, if I was trying to see with my eyes open, I'd go, oh, there's a bird there or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Lauren, which, uh, oh, yeah. You, I was going to just what say. Talking? Sorry. Getting, yeah. <laughs> Getting into yep. what we're about today. Oh my gosh, it's so uh, so running so smoothly. Um, so I feel like I haven't talked to you in a long time, though. That's why maybe I feel it's only, it's, been, a my, it's only been a week. Yeah, sure. I guess I feel <laughs> excited today. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sip your uh, sip your tea or coffee or whatever that is over there. Um, now, something that I think may be um, something that many of us struggle with, and you and I certainly thought this would be the case uh, for us, and also maybe our listener at home is asking for help. And I put this in capital letters because it is something that I think a lot of us do struggle with and maybe women more so than men. I don't know. Putting your hand up when you know you can't do it all is not easy. It's not easy to do. And I do bring it up sometimes in my readings. And um, so that's why I thought we'd have a chat about this this week. And especially with you and I being kind of solopreneurs, I thought it might be quite relevant to have a chat about. So um, Lauren, we do like to start, of course, with what we've been doing, what we've been learning during the week maybe our biggest takeaway and I'll let you go first if you like did you want to fill us in oh, on what yeah yeah doing and- yeah sure I've had a lot going on uh well first of all I wanted to bring up before you brought us back on path on the path which is good we, sh- we needed that um I want to just mention that the sunbirds so for our listeners at home you oh might my have god been yes I saw a touch. photo we've always got like yeah, I sent you that photo. So um, I have a fear of birds. And, and then a little while ago, we had sunbirds come and build a nest and it kind of freaked me out. But then I convinced myself they were really cute. Now I love them. And I might get a sunbird tattoo um, to replace one of my tattoos I don't like in the future. Stick around for that. Anyway, one of our last episodes, we had an incident with the sunbird and the nest falling. And if you didn't hear that one, it's uh, connected to the blockchain episode. So go and have a listen. But yeah, Michelle, she's back and she's got, I think, more eggs in there because she's spending a lot of time just sitting in her nest. So that's really cool. I love that. Is the one sort of adult there or is the other one coming? Yeah, they both came back and like checked the nest out. And then now the one adult's sort of there nurturing the, like, I guess maybe making the eggs hatch. I don't know all the proper terms. Somebody at home is probably just watched that but basically yeah um yeah so I guess what's been going on with me is uh well you know I also work casually at a restaurant and I'm very limited hours there because I'm running my business full-time obviously uh but I got kind of encouraged convinced I don't know what's the right word (laughs) but I'm now managing the the whole restaurant Uh, oh you did decide to take that yeah yeah, I spoke about 
yeah, way. you're going to do. Uh, but I just said I would do that Monday and Tuesdays. So I'm running, I'm managing the restaurant, uh, which is a pretty big restaurant on Mondays and Tuesdays, which is uh, initially was difficult. I was really surprised by how much help people need when you're in charge. Um, when you're kind of on the same level as them, you kind of help each other out. But when everyone's coming to you to find out what to do about this scenario, or can you fix that? Or do we have, you know, do we have this? Can we have a solution for this? So I'm working, you know, like five nights this week and over 33 hours. And it's just it's too oh my much. Gosh, that is I, a lot. It's way too much. And it's really draining me. And anyway, I decided I would just remind them that I can't work that much or that I'm not can't. I'm choosing not to work that much because I'm running my business. Right. So where I'm going with this is that I was really hesitant to kind of send the email and say, Hey, I can't do more than 20 hours a week. You know, that's kind of my max. And I don't know why, Michelle, I was hesitant. I think it's probably because I'm letting the team down on some level, or I know that they need support and I do really enjoy it also. So there, it is fun. Mm. Um, but it's getting in the way of my ability to spend time with my partner. It's getting in the way with me feeling um, refreshed in the morning to go and do my morning exercises. Like when I'm working till 11 or quarter to 11 or 1030, I get home and I'm buzzed. I can't fall asleep till one, right? It just kind of throws everything out. So what I did is I sent, the, I finally sent the email. And I said, Hey, I can only do 20 hours a week max kind of thing. Well, the same day, I got an email from my biggest client and I'm confirming six new mentoring one-on-one -on -one clients, like, so that same day. So I just thought, wow, it just almost Amen. makes me emotional even just thinking about it, how, wow. when you know innately what you need to do and then you do it, you're, you're valid. You know, I just got validated right That's away. Amazing. Supported yeah. right away. And so I was like, thank you. Thank you more, please. You know? And, um, yeah. And it's cool. So I know that I talked about last week that I was making some changes to the spirit team yeah. about doing more uh, group coaching and things like that. I never really connected with the word coach. I just didn't really have a better word for it, I guess. So I'm um, switching that now with the word mentoring. Cause I think that's a lot more of what I know you, you talk about your mentoring, mm -hmm. but I, I was like, that's actually more of what I am doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's you guiding, sort of guiding, it's guiding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. I'm looking forward to these things. And I, I pretty much just wanted to bring up that story because I just wanted to say that when you, when you back yourself and you're not mm. necessarily assured of the outcome, you know, as long as you're going in line with what you know to be the right decision, it will work out. It won't always happen the same day like that, yep. uh, but it will, it will come to you in miraculous ways that we don't always foresee. Yeah. So, so I just thought I should share that yeah. story. That is powerful. Wow. Yeah. I think I should have gone first because, um, <laughs> that is freaking amazing. That is freaking amazing and really good validation. Yeah. 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 Very and it is so, trust, you know, as you said, it's like, you don't know the outcome, yeah. but I'm just going to yeah. throw a portion to the wind, which is what you did. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. So what about you girl? What's up? Oh, mate. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I can, uh, I can follow that, but, um, what, what has been really interesting is I nearly severed my Achilles tendon last night. So that was a bit of a wake up call. Oh, oh not, God. Not actually. Ow. I changed my razor. How often do you change your razor? 
Uh, probably not enough. Wax? I shave. I wax my armpits, but I shave. Yeah. Um, I couple months every couple months oh yeah i change mine once a year so um it does get okay. quite blunt and so you know how you like really oh my god this is making me feel uncomfortable already yeah oh. <laughs> so i changed my razor i got a new one and i'm like going to get bowen therapy today and so because i've been having issues with my hips which i'll tell you about in a sec but um yeah so i was, I was like oh, i need to shave my legs um, he's a, he's a good looking man. He's a handsome man. So I was like, I need to shave my legs. So I'm in the shower and it's like, you know, quarter to 10, something like that. So I'm just like, swing, 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 swing. Like you would when you're, yeah. you know, using yeah. your blunt razor, but I got a new razor. Yeah. And then I was doing up the back of my like heel yeah. up the back yeah. there. And I can't, I felt it straight away, but I was like, yeah, that's, that's a bit of sin. That's a, that's a fair bit. Oh um, God. And then I, I looked in the razor and I'm like, just make me, okay, don't tell, don't say too much more. I'm going to put you on mute if you keep talking. <laughs> so anyway, this is about delegation, Lauren. So I'm tying it back in with what we're talking about. This is a second. Okay. okay. So I'm in the shower. It's pretty painful. And I'm like, Jason, Jason. And like, he's out, you know, down the other end of the house somewhere. And I'm like, you know, calling out for quite a while. Anyway, it was really funny because he came in because I actually had two nicks. I had another little nick that had a little bit of blood coming out, but not much. And he's come in, finally he's heard me. And I'm like, I kind of um, injured myself. Like, can you kind of help me? Because I didn't, like I had, there was, there was blood everywhere. It was like a, yeah, it was pretty yeah. bad. So I didn't yeah. want to like jump out of the shower and, you know, there's blood everywhere. So he's like, he looked at the little nick with a little bit of blood and he's like, that's not that bad. And so I turned my leg. Excellent. Oh yeah! Oh my God! This is giving me shivers. Like, like he's like, oh my God! Oh my God! Like triple zero! Like oh my God! Bad! Like it's so bad! And he's like, oh, like trying not to, you know. Anyway, I'm not very good with blood, so I was just like, I can't even look. I can't look at it. Like you just do whatever you've got to do. I'm just gonna look over here. Bad. So anyway, um. That was, that was my delegation. So I was like, I need some help. Oh, you're asking for help. He's applying first aid. He's got the band-aids. He's doing all this stuff. I couldn't look. I had to sit down because I with my head between my knees because I thought I was going to pass out. And yeah, he did it all. And he's really good at that. Like he's, you know, really steps up. Like when I'm uh, calm or yeah, like, you know, something like that happens, he really steps up. So that's, that's our relationship. You know, I'm, um, I'm less caring than that you know he's been running around um because he went to brisbane and there's restrictions in brisbane isolation you know all that stuff yeah to brisbane and he's like oh you know i might have a fever and oh you know this and then i'm just like grow up mate get your big girl pants on you'll be fine so i'm not so good with that sort of thing but like when right. i'm down in the dance or something's going on he's really good at you know doing that like picking me up yeah so uh, i guess that's why i married him so anyway what i was saying before that was my massacre but my hips have been out and i've been trying to run and What's interesting, the reason I'm mentioning this is it ties back in with having excuses about not stepping up and not doing your thing and all of that. Like a lot of people come to me and they're like, oh, Michelle, you know, I can't be a healer because I'm overweight or, you know, I can't, um, you know, run my own business because like, you know, we don't have the finances at the moment. And there's always something, you know, there's always something yeah. that's preventing us. And, and I'm like, mm -hmm. well, you know, I don't want to do that. So I love my running. I've been running about 5Ks a day. I did do 10Ks on Christmas Eve with a group of people, which I loved, 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 loved. And we're training to do Rainbow Beach, which is a half marathon. And I've never done a half marathon before. So I'm just super excited. I'm out there every day. And then one of, it felt like um, 
kind of under my glutes was sort of pulling or something. It just felt a bit strange. And I haven't been doing a lot of yoga and you know how running's not great for your flexibility at all. It's cut kind of your preaching. So, You're preaching. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you. So I have been sort of ignoring it and sort of, sort of trying to do some stretches, not really doing much yoga. And then it felt like my left hip sort of came out. So when I was walking, it felt like my leg was sort of pulling every time I went to lift my left leg up and I was like, oh, and then it started getting painful when I was running. And I'm like, I don't want this to become an excuse. I don't want this to become that I can't yeah. run because of this situation. So yeah, I went into my acupuncturist yesterday and I said, look, I don't expect there's anything you can do, but I told her what was going on. And she went, yeah, that's easy. And they, they use moxa, they burn moxa over you. So it gets really, really hot and all the heat goes through the needles into your skin. It's like uh, awesome. Yeah. So yeah. she was doing that all over that sort of hip and glute and all of that. And I walked out of there a new person. I was like, this is incredible. It's amazing. I had no idea they could do that in acupuncture. So I just wanted to mention that because I did think my hips were out and I think they were being pulled, you know, because all the tendons and everything were so tight. But yeah, I'm walking quite normally again. So I didn't push it yeah. with doing a run, but um, I'm going to see a bow and therapist today. And bow and therapists basically put your body back into alignment. And that's mm-hmm. why I was shaking my legs and the massacre happened. So, um, <laughs> but that was my intention was to get back into running. And then next minute it's, um, it was blah, blah. So literally. That's so funny. I, um, I shut my door on my ankle three days ago, Ooh. accidentally, and I cut the back of my ankle on my right ankle. Oh my ankle God, Lauren, what? I know. I know. I don't know which one it was for you, but for me, right. yeah. My right. And then work. Yeah. My, okay. Well, my right too. And it's like, oh my God, long. this is too much. <laughs> yeah. But working at the restaurant's been painful because it keeps rubbing against it. So yeah. I actually took today off. I think probably, honestly, I took today off because I was just feeling like I didn't want to go, mm. but, um, with running, it's really hard when you have an ankle that, yeah, you know, has been cut, but, yeah. um, yeah, I just wanted to s- just comment that I know a lot of people talk about running is really hard on your body. And for me, when I first was getting into it, it was great. And then all of a sudden I hit this kind of, I guess, as I was getting, going longer distances and stuff, I really fucked my ankle. Sorry, I probably sh- sorry, knee. I probably shouldn't have sworn there. I should have said F, but I think we have an explicit thing on here anyway. Um, yeah, so like my left knee is really painful. And um, one of the things that I've done is I've actually looked at Louise Hayes' book, Heal Your Life. And so in her book, she has an affirmation. And for me, it's something along the lines of I bend and flow. So I always yep. say I bend and flow with knees and great. Uh, with ease and grace, but I do notice that I, I actually don't run over 5k anymore. And I'm only doing two, two, maybe three, if I'm having a good week in running, cause it's just challenging on my knees. But that being said, I also am working on the floor at the restaurant, like You're eight hours anyway. over the night. So I feel like I'm still getting my exercise in, Yep. but, um, yeah, I just wanted to echo the whole like loving the running but then your Mm. body is kind of going wait a minute what (laughs) yeah yeah and it's the balance though it's the episode we talked about yin yang isn't it it's the balance if we're all only doing the yang which I had been tending to do I hadn't been doing as as much yin and I was feeling my central nervous system get a bit anxious so you know we do need to balance it out and this morning I actually woke up and I thought about going to the gym and then I ended up doing about four meditations in a row which is why I was on your afterlight podcast because there's a lot of um oh, meditations yeah. on there so I was sort of scrolling yeah. through seeing what I could find and yeah so I did about four meditations before I came in and chatted to you so I just felt like sometimes we just need to do that 
I think sometimes too, I don't know about you, but I feel guilty when I rest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. In general, yeah. like all the time. Yeah. I don't, yeah. So I think we do need to listen to our body though. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. my body, I feel that I need to go for a run because I also use it as like weight management to keep my body looking how it is, but, yeah. or improving every day, shall I say. Yeah, Absolutely. My youthful vitality, shall mm -hmm. I say. But sometimes that's not what it wants. It wants to just do yin yoga and, mm. you know, do some yoga around some candles and then end with the meditation is what it mm -hmm. wants. But mm -hmm. You know, so it's just, I think my, I think I might've told you that my friend one time she goes, yeah, I'm going to go to a yoga class tonight and then I'll catch up with you. And then she said, you know, I decided not to go because I, I couldn't tell whether or not I was forcing myself to go or my body yes. really wanted to go. She goes, I kind of felt like I actually needed to rest. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it's Good just interesting. I guess it's just checking in. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Lauren, um, did you want to launch into it for us this week with what we're uh, talking about? Yeah, sure. Let's get into it. So um, basically this whole episode is going to be about asking for help. And I love how Michelle really talked about how we're solopreneurs because sometimes we don't have a lot of people to ask for help from, but you know, I think sometimes it's just about being aware, what do you need help with? And then looking for those people who can provide you with that support. I think that, you know, one of the things that we need to talk about right off the top, Michelle, is that, you know, why people don't ask for help, you know, cause it's not always easy of just saying, Hey, can you help me with this? Sometimes people actually need to overcome major fear to ask for help. And, you know, some of the reasons that we have fear around asking for help is that, you know, we could be turned down. Somebody could laugh at us. You know, we could make it, we could maybe be seen as a fraud, like imposter syndrome. You know, I'm asking you for help on something that maybe I should already know how to do. Right. How many times have we been in those scenarios where someone's asked you a question and you're thinking, how do you not know how to do that already? Also, we can have diminished status in some ways. So if all of a sudden somebody is, let's pretend in a manager position and they ask you for help on something, you know, and that they don't know that they really should know um, it, to be in that role, you might all of a sudden look at them in a different light. Um, loss of control, obviously. If you don't know how to do something and you're kind of saying that you don't and you need some support, you're actually having to give up part of that control, which I actually is think ego, is a yeah. huge, yeah, huge reason why people don't ask for help. And I'm going to talk a little bit later in the episode about some, um, about a story that I can share where that exact thing happens. So, you know, you know, it's really interesting too, Michelle, I was doing a little bit of research before this episode and I read on uh, psychology today, which is a really cool website that they were basically saying that often we don't know, you know, kind of how to start asking for help. And they were saying that this is actually due, and I'm going to kind of quote them here, to a cognitive bias that social psychologists call the illusion of transparency or the mistaken belief that our feelings, thoughts, and needs are obvious to other people. <laughs> so too often we wait for someone to notice our telepathic plea for help, and then we get frustrated when nobody does. So I thought that was also really interesting how maybe it's not only asking for help, but it's assuming that people will see that you need help. And reach you know, them out, yeah. 
yeah, can't you tell I'm struggling or can't you tell I'm like stressed out at my desk and my head, my hand is on my forehead or I haven't, you know, taken a break in 25 hours or, you know, whatever the case may be. Can't you see that already? Don't you, you know, can't you just offer help without me having to sort of go in and ask for it initially? So yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And I thought we couldn't go into, you know, talking about asking for help before we kind of nutted down the fact that ego is a big part of it. Fear is a big part of it about why we're not asking for help. And then again, like I've said, just to reiterate that we assume that people might already know that we need it and not be offering. That's it. Lauren, I wanted to pick up on the telepathic part of that, which is really funny because um, of that mind reading thing. This comes up a lot with women. I read for a lot of women and, uh, one of the interesting things is, and, and this is just friendship, not so much clients, but um, I have read for her as well. But a friend of mine is uh, often saying to me, you know, my husband, uh, you know, doesn't do this and doesn't help with that. And, you know, rah, rah. And I've had many, many of my friends sort of say the same thing. It's not just this one person. But I said to her, well, have you mentioned to him that you need help? Like, have you <laughs> reached out in any way, shape or form? Because she was yeah. talking about, well, you know, he doesn't help the school lunches, for example. And I said, well you know, and then she said, well, he doesn't know where anything is anyway. And I was like, well, what if you showed him? What if you showed him? Would that work? And yeah. she was like, oh, well, you know, I don't know. And anyway, she had a, another sort of complaint um, about when they were about to go on holidays and he was sort of sitting on the lounge and apparently she's running around like a blue ass fly doing everything, you know, packing their kid's bag and, you know, getting their bags ready and doing this and running everything down to the car and all this stuff. And she said he was just sitting on the lounge and he wasn't doing anything and, oh, I couldn't believe it and rah, rah. And I said, so did you at any point tell him you needed help? And she's like, well, no, but he should have known. And it's that telepathic uh, thing. I really get that because I was like, yeah, well, how? He's not a mind yeah. reader. He's male. Yeah. Women have strong intuition, so we can kind of sense things. But men are just tunnel vision. It's like, here I am, I'm on the lounge, I'm quite happy, I'm relaxing, this is wonderful. So, you know, his level of awareness, and look, men have different varying levels of awareness, so maybe his level of awareness is a little bit, you know, not so much. Yeah. Around, oh, yeah, I can see she needs help and taking the initiative, but that's, you know, that's her husband. So she said no, and then she actually decided that, because she was coming away with us for a few days and then she was meant to go down and join her family on the Gold Coast. And she had actually decided she wasn't going to go down because he didn't help her. And she was really annoyed about it. So she lost it and was like, we're not going, I'm not going, you can go on your own, rah, rah. And so they went. And she was still deciding if she was going to go. And in the end, after we chatted to her for quite a while, because it was a girl's weekend, she came around and she said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go. And now she asks for help. She's actually started asking for help. And she said, it's amazing. Every time I ask, he does it. Amazing. Yeah. You it's know, it's funny asked. too. Yeah. And he might think, oh, she loves getting the school lunches ready. She does it her way. Yeah. I won't do it at the same level or the same way. Yeah. That's the other thing too, that actually just came to me that when you ask for help, you do need to relinquish the outcome very Correct. often. Yeah. If it you're, might not be what if you you're, yes. If you're delegating something like, can you help me with the school lunches? Well, if they do it in the way that isn't the way that you would have done it, mm. it's also, I guess that's comes down to one of the fears, like loss of control, control, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's kind of like that. The other thing too, is some people are very, very controlling. They want to do everything. Mm. Yeah. And so I'm not saying that's her, but 
maybe he just knows that's her yeah yeah maybe that's her thing like he's not going to interfere she likes to pack the car in a certain way if he gets the kids bags he might forget something Mm. (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. so So the universe has ways of slowing you down and what's interesting is she now has a repetitive strain injury she's left-handed she has a repetitive strain injury in her left arm so her left arm's in a sling so isn't it funny because she really even though she's you know trying she's delegating a little bit she still tries to do everything on her own and she's got her arm in a sling now. So that's her left arm. That's a dominant arm and she can't do anything. So she actually left arm receiving. Is it your left side receiving side? Yeah. Left side's receiving as well. Yeah. 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 So lots of meanings, but uh, yeah, she now can't uh, do everything because her arm is in a sling. So it's a universe's way. If you don't listen, the universe forces you to listen and that's exactly what's happened. So she has to, and she now relies on him pretty heavily. And she's like, wow, it's amazing. Like it's improved their relationship because she's been forced to let him do stuff yeah. for her. She can't do it all on her own. Yeah. So and I just thought that was how he was example. feeling. He might be feeling more um, useful. Yeah. And masculine, you know, masculine, masculine wants, to, it's yang energy. Masculine is yang. They want to do. And that's why when I was like, Jason, Jason, you know, cutting my uh, leg open, he was all, he was willing to help. You know, he wanted to do that. Whereas, me, I'm like, put your big girl pants on and uh, drive yourself to the hospital. You'll be fine. So now, Lauren, on the side of that, I'm a card reader, medium and healer, as a listener at home would know by now. But asking for help is uh, something that I talk to other people about sort of weekly, um, if not daily. Uh, it comes up pretty often. And I actually wanted to say here that I do delegate to my spirit guides. And not everyone's going to be in a position to do this or not, you know, super spiritual to be able to do this. But we were talking about ego and things like that before. And sometimes people say to me, Michelle, you know, I've got a client at the moment who is heavily pregnant and, you know, she really wants to know when the baby's coming. Now, this is what you were saying before about people who give you specifics and it can sort of throw everything out of whack. So I try not to do that too much in my readings, but I'll give you sort of a, you know, the 23rd would work well. And she, you know, confirms with me. Yes, my partner's a FIFO worker. He's back on the 23rd and the kids go away for 10 days. So that's perfect timing. So spirit's giving me the optimal time. It doesn't mean that the baby's definitely coming at that time though. So often when people ask me for specifics, as in what exact day is my baby going to come? I have to say to them, babies have free will. Your husband has free will. Everyone has free will. So I can't specifically say the baby is definitely going to come on this date because then like that's taking the fun out of it and the surprise out of yeah. it. Like spirit will give me a round, you know, this would be optimal, but they won't say the baby's definitely coming on that date. We can't do that. So, well, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, I can't do yeah. that. So I found that quite interesting, but it's like the pressure of that sometimes is a lot, you know, when I am, you know, definitely helping people conceive, you know, with stuff that spirit's telling me and things like that. But in terms of the specifics around when's my son going to be out of jail and, and those sorts of things, it can be difficult for spirit to give me the exact information because it could change yeah. something. You know, it's like someone saying, oh, you're going to have a terrible accident and lose your limbs on this date at this location at this time. Obviously, you're going to do things differently and you're going to change fate. You're going to change the course of what was supposed to happen because there was a yeah. reason for that, you know? So. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be changing that. But if people are asking me for specifics, often the ego kicks in and I'm like, oh, you know, it's a lot of pressure. There's expectation here. It's like if I have someone's baby come through and they're like, what was my baby's name? I'm handing that over. Like immediately, as soon as I get asked that question, I'm like, my spirit guide is Little Bear, my main one. And I'm like, I'm his neighbor, American Indian. And I'm like, can I hand that to you? Can you just give that to me? And then I distract myself over here. And then he drops the name in, he drops the date in, he drops the whatever in. 
so it takes the pressure off me having to, to do it myself because it's a lot, it's an expectation, you know, the name, it could be right or wrong. So, and it works, you know, every time I've done that, the dates, the names, everything's been bang on and they've gone, wow, like this is, you know, this is amazing. So sometimes you feel a bit like a circus performer, like a bit like, you know, like juggling is my juggling act or something, but I delegate. And it was only when um, I have a spiritual friend, Dave, who ran circles with me in 2019. And he said to me, you know, guys, to the women who were sitting around, your spirit guides, you know, guardians, all of that, they're just sitting there like twiddling their thumbs, waiting for you to ask them to do stuff. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. Cause little bear's always around in all my readings. He's here always. And I was right. like, bumps. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Well, can I give this to you? Can I give that to you? He loves it. That's his little job. So he's there. I'm sure he's taking notes down. Yes, yes, yes. You know, the whole thing like I do. Um, but he's there and he loves it. So I now delegate all of that. I'm like, that's too hard. That's too hard. Can't do it. And you know, cause it's ego. I don't want my ego to kick in because that's going to make my reading difficult. Mm. So, um, there is a card in my deck, Lauren, um, that is the juggler. And this is sort of getting back to the delegation and, and things like that. There's a card that says the juggler and it's in my uh, Phoenix deck, which is a psychic reading cards by Deb Malone. And it's got this, um, they're so beautiful. They're from Big W too. They're not, not expensive. And um, it's a juggler and it's a woman, funnily enough, because we tend to be the ones that try to do everything. And she's juggling the whole thing. There's like a little dummy for the baby. There's, you know, the work stuff. There's the kid's homework. There's the, her own business. There's everything. House, responsibility, finances, the whole thing. And she's there and there's like a million things in this picture, but she's trying to juggle them all. And that always comes up for the people who need to ask for help. They're trying to do it all themselves. And they're the ones who walk in and go, I'm exhausted. You know, I need a healing. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I'm in overwhelm. I'm confused. You know, I've got no clarity. And it's like the juggler card will always come out for them. And it's like, you need to ask for help. And they're like, you know, you get that look like... <laughs> <laughs> they've just sucked a lemon it's like yeah. you know because it is so foreign you know to have to ask for help and I think for me it's like I always feel like you know I could do it better and that's why in the past I have had trouble asking for help because I feel like well I could do it better why would I ask them for help you know they're not going to do it as well but it's like what you said you know if you ask your husband to make the school lunches it may not be to your liking but at least it's one less thing you got to do and yeah. like the kids if you get them to make their bed or clean their room, they may kick all the stuff under the bed and you can't see it, but at least it's off the floor and you're going to step on a piece of Lego. Like there's benefits of everything, but it just yeah. won't be up to your standard, but it means that's one less thing you got to do. So it's a bit of a compromise, yeah. I feel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know how you're talking about your spirit guides and giving them stuff to do. So if I wanted to attract um, more situations, more fun, could I just say to my spirit guys, Hey, can you please help me to attract more situations, like more fun in my life? Is that the kind of thing that we could ask for? Or do you have to say specific stuff like a name of something or. No, I don't think you have to be specific, but I mean, what does fun mean? I mean, fun could just be you letting your hair down, like going out and like making different decisions. I think like what you're talking so about. more specific station. Yeah, yeah. Like manifestations yeah. like where you put down your business manifestation journal and you're like, I'm going to include this modality. I would like to include that modality. And that's the way that I ask. And that's with my yeah. guides and thank you in advance, cool. let it go. Okay. Or you say, thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you more, please. That's, <laughs> it's, it's got to be sort of, I feel specific because fun is just yes. you making the decision like to go out and go to the beach and 
yeah and have fun exactly okay yeah it's more it's quantity quantifying it Being so specific, i don't yeah. i don't want to attract financial abundance i want to attract ten thousand dollars yeah in February, please. yeah 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 it's like yeah. when i was trying to manifest that um vibration machine and then the girls were like let's do a girls weekend and i'm like sure and they paid me you know four hundred dollars and i was like wow that's amazing so that was it i manifested it so i'm specific you know when i started doing this i was like universe please provide what i need for the week um to pay my bills and that's how i started mm-hmm. out and then every week I earned exactly what my income was at the corporation, at the organization. Every week I earned yeah. exactly what I used to earn. And I was like, how do they even, how do they manage that? Like, how does that That's happen? Brilliant. It's incredible. And then I was That's like, well, I'd like to earn a bit more to get holidays. I'd like to earn a bit more to pay my super. Thank you in advance. Let it go. So we have to be specific. You know, it's not just saying yeah. I'll the lotto. Do you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not specific. Was- a lot of people say that. I was reading um, a book called How to Manifest $10,000, just as a small little book that someone gave to me randomly a a year and a half ago. One of the things that she talked about was exactly that. She was saying, you know, when you have an amount like 10,000, figure out what you want to spend it on. Because sometimes, you know how you just mentioned a vacation there. Mm. Sometimes you could say, yeah, I want 3,000 to um, go on my vacation. And she actually recommends finding where you want to stay, finding the prices that the flights, like actually doing all that. She goes, because sometimes you'll actually be given the flight, not the cash. That's it. And that's what you've, yeah, attracted that. Um, Yeah. So I think that's good. So, okay, that's cool. I just wanted to clarify that as well for our listener at home, that when we're asking for help, being as specific as we can is important. And this brings us into the next part of our conversation. So essentially I've got some suggestions on ways you can ask for help, but one of the things just again, reiterating, I know nobody here listening is an idiot or anything, but what do you want exactly? Because if you're asking someone for help, if you say, and I've just had a picture of, you know, your friend or frantic mother, you know, if you have 25 things, and you're like, I need help. Well, how do they know what to do? Exactly. So I had a, I had a waitress the other day say to me, Lauren, I really need help in my section. And I went, okay, but well, what specifically do you need me to do? <laughs> because asking me for help in the generic sense mm. of the word is not helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know, no pun intended, but because I can see 25 things that you need to do, but which one is your priority and which one do you need me to do? So when we're asking for help, uh, making sure we know exactly what we need help with. Mm. So some, some other phrases that you can use, because sometimes people might look at this as like, you know, sour taste in their mouth when they use words like this, but you know, can I get your perspective on something or how would you do this? You know, that's, that's another kind of way of asking for help or can you give me a hand with this or can you help me for a second? Uh, Can I ask a favor? You know, so those are all some sort of easy to use phrases that you can incorporate in your life that ask for help, but then ensuring that you're okay with releasing the outcome of what that looks like. And also ensuring that when you are asking for your perspective or can you do this, or can you give me a hand that you tell that person what you need to have happen? Because like we learned earlier, people are not telepathic and they don't know. That's it. Um, One thing too, that's really interesting about asking for help, I believe 
is also being aware of your limitations. Because if somebody asks you for help, but you don't have the capacity to do it, it's actually super important that you say no. Mm, that's you. <laughs> because it kind of goes both ways, doesn't it? You know, yeah. no, it's like asking, yeah, it's, it's like asking for help, but then you're not always guaranteed the person can help you. Mm. Uh, I had a situation and I can't remember whether or not I've told this on this, epi- on this podcast before. So I'm sorry if people have heard it before, but to make a long story short, I was working with uh, some friends on a project and it was super time sensitive. It was to do with like a p- political thing. And um, we had a video that we were putting out and we all came together as a team and put it out. And then we had a second video that we were doing and uh, we were dealing with something that was so time sensitive. It needed to be done that day or the following day, or we were going to miss our window. And Michelle with the background in journalism would know all about time sensitivity. If you don't get on it right away and it's old, it's just done. You, you miss the window. And so, you know, the, one of the people in question, they were working on one part of the project and, um, you know, we continuously said, do you need help with this? Like they weren't doing the, the work. Do you need help? Do you need help? Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Wouldn't ask. And to be ended up dropping the ball and the thing never happened. So it meant hours and hours and hours of everyone else's work was wasted. And because this person couldn't relinquish the control, uh, ask for help or maybe accept help when it was given. And essentially we lost that opportunity. So, you know, nobody died. It's not a huge deal, but it's just, you know, kind of, there's a bigger picture there, which is not only when you're asking for help, if you're being offered help, you know, if you aren't saying yes, maybe checking in with yourself and asking, well, why not? And very often it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, uh, fear, loss of control, um, feeling that your status will drop in some way and really that your ego, that you'll be misconstrued as somebody who maybe can't do it all or an imposter, whatever the case may be. So yeah, I just thought that was interesting points to bring up. Really good point. Love that. And that actually reminded me, I just made an extra little note here. It reminded me of when I was managing a newsroom on the Gold Coast and uh, worked there for 12 years. It was a long, long time. And um, I had uh, accidentally gone into management where my boss had become quite ill and had to leave. And so they just said, oh, well, you're the next most experienced person. So congratulations. And so I found myself managing a newsroom and I, you know, had all, always worked solo. So all the other places I've worked were solo, but this was like a full functioning newsroom with all local news and content and all that stuff. And I was sort of thrown into it and there definitely was a bit of the ego for me, but also just a bit of, oh my gosh, I don't even know kind of what I'm doing. And, uh, cause you know, one day you're not, the next day you are. So I, um, I found that I was sort of rubbing people up the wrong way and people were getting a bit, you know, upset. Some of the staff were getting a bit annoyed and, so I sat everyone down and, and the way that I sort of did it was very individual. And I actually asked people and I said, how would you like to see this done? How would you like to see, how do you think things could run better? Cool. That sort of yeah. thing. So it was, it was literally, and it was very difficult for me and quite emotional for me to do that because I felt like on one hand, I should be the manager and I should just be doing it. But on the other hand, I was like, well, I can see, and because I'm sensitive, I could feel the energy. And I was like, well, people are getting their noses out of joint about this and that. So I sat everyone down individually and I just said, you know, give me your input. I'm going to write notes. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to hear you. And it made such a difference and everything was cohesive, you know, from that point. And if I felt like anyone was sort of 
getting the nose out of joint at any point, I would, you know, ask them to come with me. We'd have a chat. You tell me what's going on. You tell me what I'm doing that's upsetting you or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, how can I do things differently? How can I manage you differently? And it's really hard. And, and sometimes we would both start crying. We'd both get emotional. That would have been tough, Michelle, yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's putting your ego to one side. But yeah. those people that I did that with are friends to this day because I took the time to hear them and to listen. And I put my own ego um, to one side. So I d- d- just reminded me that, you know, we sometimes don't know it all and we can't just walk in there and take over and know everything instantly. So that was a very big turning point, I think, for me. And I have mentioned in a previous episode, Lauren, as you would remember, that in my, you know, new incarnation at the corporation where we both work together, that I had a lot of trouble uh, delegating. That was a news hub. So it was more sort of covering more of Queensland and things like that, a little bit wider. And I'd sit back in the newsroom and I'd get in there very early in the morning and then stay back really late in the afternoon because I felt like I could do it better. I felt like I could do my prep better. I like to do other people's prep. It really is ego. Like it was really what was driving me because I was like, you know, everyone's going to see my initials on there and they'll know that I did this and how wonderful am I? And, you know, and you just get burnt out. Like you just get really, really tired and it's, it's exhausting, you know? Um, But it's, you know, the broken sleep, all that sort of stuff. So it just doesn't work long-term. And, you know, I witnessed my dad at the age of 35 going through a nervous breakdown. You know, we had dad on the podcast. He's awesome. But, you know, he was working at the university at night lecturing. He was working at a bank during the day. He was doing everything. His mum has never worked. So he was supporting myself and and my mum and himself. And it was, it was a lot. And Sydney's expensive. Sydney has always been expensive to live in. And so, I remember he was very outgoing, you know, very personable as you would have met, you know, he's very personal yeah, yeah. or that great people person, but he had a nervous breakdown and it was very different. And then he started to look himself away. I didn't see as much of him, but he turned to meditation. He did medication for a little while to sort of pick himself back up and put himself back into balance. But he also did meditation and the meditation was what really turned him around. And, you know, my dad is terrible at asking for help. He's terrible at delegating. He was a manager. He was a bank manager. Um, at that time and doing the university lecturing and all that stuff. So he was trying to do it all uh, and he, he didn't ask for help and he ended up having a nervous breakdown. So for me, that was really modeled to me. And funnily enough, I ended up kind of doing the same thing. You know, I sort of put myself into overwhelm, trying to do too much. You know, I was freelancing for a year. I was doing breakfast shifts here, um, drive shifts there. Uh, opening closing I was driving an hour from home to go to some radio stations I was working for like seven radio stations at the same time and it was just never ending I mean I didn't know if I was going to get a lot of work I worked non-stop for a whole year I actually didn't even see my house we built a house and we were there for 12 months and I didn't see it I literally left there and we've sold it now and I, I don't remember the house we built it I mean it was a beautiful house So I've got a lot of uh, regret you know around that and the point the turning point for me because I was trying to do it all and I wasn't saying no. And I think that's part of, uh, part of sort of asking for help and, and what we're talking about is I couldn't say no. If someone gave me a shift, I'm like, yep, like you at the restaurant. Yep, I'll do it. Yep, pick me. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> and if you say yes enough, people just keep asking you and then you get all the shifts. So yeah, it was like, it was just never ending. Yeah. So the turning point for me, and it was similar to dad, and I, I kind of remembered very vividly his nervous breakdown because I started to uh, faint, I started to pass out, I started to get very lightheaded and breathe pins and needly and just feel not quite right. And my blood pressure dropped dangerously low. 
And I was like, you know, I'm actually heading for burnout. Like I knew it. And I had to pull myself out of that. And I had to start to say no. And that was when I stopped freelancing and I accepted the uh, full-time job at the corporation where you and I worked and moved, moved from the Gold Coast to the Sunny Coast. So, um, you know, I feel like I was sort of having that model for me. I could have continued the pattern. I could have gone down the same path as dad, had the nervous breakdown, no problem at all. But I pulled myself out of it because of that, because I'd seen dad go through that and I didn't want to do that. So I'm pretty proud of myself. I feel like that was a good thing. That's really good. And I think that it's important to reinforce what you were talking about, how you can sustain that, you know, sometimes, yeah, you maybe want to be the person who's seen on everything, your initials or whatever, but you know, you, you can't sustain that kind of quality and that kind of, you know, I don't believe necessarily that we need to have a balance. I just think we need to honor where we're at and listen to ourselves and stuff like that. But your life really it can't be all one thing, you know, it's about finding joy and happiness and fun and, you know, enjoying your life. And if you're just always trying to one up other people or show up and, you know, do everything for everybody else, mm. well, you're not empowering other people to do their stuff either mm. to get new perspectives. I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying that they were working on a project at their business and that, um, somebody else that they had to delegate it to somebody because that you know someone was looking for something to do, and the way that the person um, executed the job was completely different than the way that they would have done it, and it was better. And so that's sometimes a really cool thing wow. that happens too yeah. when we when we delegate and then when we're like pleasantly surprised. Mm. And you know, I I guess for me it's it's almost like you know, keeping up with the Joneses. I I think that on some level, if you're really being driven by your ego, by your accomplishments and stuff, you want to keep almost feeding that sort of Mm. those endorphins that kind of come from it. But yeah, that that's just not a helpful way of, um, well, I don't think anyway, finding peace that's never worked for me. No, it leads to burnout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we're asking for help, one of the things that I kind of mentioned earlier is really being concise and uh, specific about what it is that you're looking for. And then, you know, the only way that you're really going to be successful when asking for help is if you clearly communicate to somebody what you need. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, even sometimes, and one of the things that I'm going to talk about later is my task reduction system, which is all on time management, which is perfectly suitable and um, fitting for this episode. But, you know, you can also tell somebody, you know, roughly how long you need them to work on that thing that will help them to make a decision as well as to whether or not they can support or assist you. Uh, Also, don't apologize for asking for help. It's not a big deal. You're not less of a person for asking for help, Um, you know, especially when you're bringing people to share in your success. Uh, one thing that I will say as well is when you um, are asking for help, I would really recommend as well that you thank that person for doing the job yeah, that they did. Good point. Uh, yeah. Some people like to just ask for help and take and take and take, or just assume that, you know, you're on the same team, therefore you should be doing your part of it. But I can tell you right now that a compliment and a genuine compliment and just acknowledging that people are giving their time and their time is their life. Like we will never get that back. So when people are spending years of their life working for you or, you know, hours of their life working for you on something, it does not hurt 
to just acknowledge it and say thank you. <laughs> so that's something that I really want to enforce. Uh, the other thing too is when you're asking for help, and this is just really in line with the whole being concise and specific, it's probably better to talk to the person about what you need, not necessarily only put it in an email unless you're a good communicator. The only reason for that is just because you want to make sure that you're clearly communicating what you need from somebody. Um, often on an email, uh, people write different emails. Like there, if you look into the DISC profile, um, D-I-C-S or S-C rather, that everyone's got sort of different ways that they write emails and things like that. So some people, they actually need a softer introduction. Some people like me and Michelle, we just want to be told what you want. Um, and so there's different ways that people need to be given information. So I think sometimes, you know, if you're asking for assistance, this is really kind of, I guess, more business related, talk to them about it. And then if you want to follow it up with an email, that would probably be an efficient way of, uh, of doing that as well. Yeah, good point. And I liked um, DISC. That was good. We both did that in the corporation. So, um, and both D personalities, funnily enough, yeah. but yeah, being a, speaking of that, being a business owner can be a one man band. And what was interesting, cause you mentioned disc there, and I'm going to put that in the uh, show notes is that we were D personalities, which is more of the dominant. And what my boss at the time said to me about that was that I'm a leader, you know, I need to be a business owner. I need to be in charge. And I do have people who come to me and they're like, Oh, I'm thinking about doing this and thinking about doing that. And I'm like, you're a leader, you're not a follower, you need to be out of, because they're not happy, you know, you're not happy when you're being told what to do or getting feedback from yeah. others. Like, even though we might sit here and complain, gosh, this is a lonely role or whatever it is, you know, being a solopreneur, mm. we're a lot happier, <laughs> a lot happier being in this situation than we were being underneath yeah. someone else. So that's a deep personality. We're leaders. Um, so I loved this, Lauren, because I was telling you, I think last week about Lorna Jane, and this might've been off air about how she had this middle of folder full of receipts. And um, she sort of wandered into her accountant because she had no idea what to do with the books. And her husband ended up taking over that role for her. So Lorna Jane, I've had a book for ages. I was at a coffee shop and I was like, oh, I've never really read it. So I'm going to sit down and sort of read her story. And it was so fascinating. And that was sort of what convinced her when she sort of wandered into the accountant and he said, you can't do this every year. Like this is insane. You know, the way your business is growing. So her husband took that over because he's good at that. So it's, I think you need to know what you're good at. And so her, her thing that she's good at is creative energy. Like she's great at creating the designs, you know, the different uh, patterns, you know, all that sort of stuff. Coloring. That's her thing. It's not the money side of things. So it's like, if you know someone who's better at doing that, give it to them. So quit yeah. his job and came across and, and did all of that for her, managed the business. Yeah. So that really inspired me to sort of ask for help. And she also, with her flatmates in the beginning, when she was sort of putting all the designs and everything together, she'd been trying to do it all on her own. You know, she was, I was saying to you, she was an aerobics instructor. So she was wearing her patterns. She was, you know, wearing the outfits she was making. And then the class, the people in her class were like, oh my gosh, where is this from? And where is that from? And there wasn't a lot of variety at that time in fitness wear. And they're like, this is really amazing. And she was like, oh, well, I can make you some stuff. So she's ripping apart cozies and, you know, pulling apart whatever she could find that was lycra that she didn't have to buy, like going to op shops and getting lycra and putting that together. So she was making outfits for all of her people in the class, but then she got so busy with that and she was trying to, she was up really, really late at night and then teaching the aerobics that she ended up asking her flatmates and she's like, Hey guys, like, can you like help me on the sewing machines? Can you put this together? Can you sew that? So she ended up enlisting her flatmates and giving them some of the proceeds. And so basically that was how she started her business. And she realized, yeah, you can't do it all. 
So I thought that was really, really cool. And I thought, well, if she can, and this is around the time is when Jason's like, you need to get your finances sorted yourself. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to do Lorna Jane and rock up with all of my manila folder full of receipts. And he's like, no, you're not doing that. So (laughs) he actually has helped me a lot in the background. Like when I was starting out, he helped me out with my webcam. He went and got that sorted. He bought me a ring light. You know, he's been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes to make this look the way that it does. And now I have people regularly send me messages and go, how on earth did you do this? How did you do that? Why does this look that way? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you know, hubby did this, hubby did that. So he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people don't realize that he's doing. And he's always kind of, he doesn't, I don't ask him. He just ordered the light. He ordered the camera. He never asked me and I didn't ask him. So he just, he just kind of, I guess he's reading my mind. I don't know. Um, but I don't find that I do have to ask. So with Zero, he downloaded it. He did all the software. He did all of that stuff. And then basically, um, yeah, it's all set up. So it's, it's kind of done. So I feel like hopefully we're going to see, hopefully it should copy across my transactions, which means I don't have to worry about inputting everything. So we're going to see, hopefully that, that works. But it's like all of those little things that just kind of bugs me in the background because I'm trying to get my, I've got two Reiki courses I've launched um, that I need to sort out. I've got my mentorship. I've got two new groups of mentorship, lots of one-on-ones. I've got a lot of stuff I'm trying to manage and it's just another thing that I yeah, just, yeah. I am not passionate about doing that. So I feel a little, uh, a little like LJ Lauren, where I'm like, you know, I'm willing to forego my control over the sorting out the finances and let him do it. If he enjoys doing finances, which he does, you yeah. can do it, have it. I don't want I need it. to say one thing though. Okay. Yeah. You still need to be across your finances and your oh, numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, so, I write yeah. everything down. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. recording. But you need everything. to know your ingoings yes. and your income. I record yeah. everything. Yeah, Everything's recorded. I've got all my receipts. It's all written, but I'm old school. My issue yeah. is I'm old school. So it all goes down on paper. Yeah. And I've got it. And I know you're good with money, so that's okay. Yeah. But I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, David Bach, um, B-A-C-H, he's an author. I've got his book, um, Smart Women Finish Rich. I don't yep. like she only half done. I stopped at the chapter where he goes, go and get a file folder and do this. Did it. And I'm like, I don't have one yet. I better go get one. And then I'll keep reading. So actually, to to it. To <laughs> <laughs> but I did yeah. get the folder. So anyway, yeah. um, but one of the things that he talked about in an interview he did with Marie Forleo, just Google it. It's really interesting was that a lot of women actually aren't aware of their financials in their households and yeah. that often women outlive men. And, uh, you know, a lot of women are at times left with, uh, financials that actually aren't healthy. Yeah, uh, they absolutely. don't know where all the money is. That'll be my mom. Uh, Cause mom's never managed any of, um, that stuff. Dad's always done. Right. It, and your mom really, she needs to know where all that stuff is kept, you know, all these things. And so, um, I know not for you, but for other people listening, you know, it's like, if you're going to get someone to manage your financials, you still need to check in every month or every fortnight about where things are at, mm. because you do hear those stories of people who come in, you know, outside people. I've done likely. readings for people like that. Yeah. But they were wrong. And their finances the funds. Yeah. are now in ruin because yeah. they've they given over track. the power to somebody else. So like you have to delegate and in a minute with the task reduction system, you will learn that you need to delegate stuff because not all tasks should be done by you. Mm. But that doesn't mean that the core part of your business needs to be ignored by you, even mm. if someone else is doing the data entry. Yeah. So 
Yeah. And I agree. Like you're taught, you're the visionary, you're the leader. You should be doing $10,000 jobs. You mm. know, those are jobs that only you can do things that only you can do. Mm. A lot of the stuff, you know, to do with bookkeeping and everything can be delegated, Yeah, but it's just not, and I know it's not you. You just can't put your head in the sand and go, I wonder what's happening. I don't yeah. know. Well, zero. So the thing good. with zero is it sort of takes the um, transactions for you, but you still have to be across it. Like you still have to sort of, you know, kind of manage it. It's not like I've got an accountant who I'm just handing it all to, but some people do that. And that's the thing, you know, I have read for people like that where they're like, I feel like someone's doing the dodgy on me and they are. So, and that's because when you hand it to an accountant, you kind of have them doing it all. You don't worry about it. Whereas, um, yeah, zero system app. So you still actually have to manage it, which is good and do some things. Is, is zero primarily just for invoicing? Like if you have a lot of clients. It's primarily for invoicing, yeah. It's keeping track of your um, transactions. But it also, um, it figures out like a percentage from from that. You figure out a percentage of your profits. You figure out a percentage of your, what you can give to superannuation. So it, it kind of um, allows you to calculate that, those figures. Do you put your expenses in there as well? Like is it doing... Well, it just you links to your bank account. Your you link it up to that bank account that you've got all your business transactions going into and it calculates them. So it goes through um, that and calculates whatever's going in, whatever's coming out. So that's your ingoings and outgoings. So it means that I can't take money for my business out of the other account that I share with my husband. It has to come out of this business account now because zero will only hone in on that account. You link it to the account. So you have to have a business account. Okay. Interesting. I'll look into that. I'll put the link in the show notes maybe because we've talked about it a fair bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so just before we wrap up, I just want to um, mention that if you are challenged with um, asking for help, I think I've mentioned this exercise before, but what you can do is actually sit down with a pen and paper and go, okay, what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that will happen if I ask for help? And then what's the worst thing? And then what's the worst thing? And then when you can't do any more, you can't get any further, what would you do if that worst thing happened? Write down the solution and now ask for, and now you have a plan, ask for help if the worst case scenario happens. The other thing you could do is the other side of it. What's the best case scenario that will happen if I ask for help? And write that out. And so sometimes what we do when we do exercises like that is we realize that our fear is just a bunch of BS and that we can, you know, really deal with anything. Asking mm. for help is not meant to be that big of a deal. So I like that that's one. a good exercise. If what we've really talked good. about still is creating an objection in your mind, try that. Yep. Yep. It rules out all the uh, negatives. Just wanted to rattle off a couple of tools to improve your life, Lauren, for me as well. And just wanted to go back to LJ, Lorna Jane, for a bit. Now, I wanted to encourage our listener at home to find someone who inspires you. And for me, Lorna Jane is a huge inspiration. I love her designs. I love her outfits. I wear them daily um, now that I'm working from home and, and things like that. And the reason I do that is because her inspiration or her desire was to create something that was wearable. So back in the day, it was like, you know, your big W or your Kmart outfit, your fitness wear was really only what you wore to the gym. You wouldn't, it wasn't fashionable. You wouldn't wear it to the coffee shop on the weekend and do your, eat your avocado smashed avo on toast. Like it wasn't that sort of stuff. Whereas Lorna Jane wanted hers to be wearable. So she wanted it to be in more the boutique stores, which is why she ended up opening her own stores. So I feel like I can sort of wear this more on a daily basis and, and that 
for me, that was her motivation. And she said, if my motivation wasn't as genuine and authentic as what it is, I don't think I'll be as successful as what I am. So I'm really inspired by that. And I try to find my, you know, why, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why am I doing this solo business and mentorship and the Reiki teaching and all the different things I'm doing. And it's because I want to help. I want to help improve lives, you know, and I'm working with children because I want to help them before they get to their fifties and sixties and they're sitting in front of me telling me I've got no self-esteem and I don't love myself. You know, I want to work with the young people to change those generations so that they don't end up being older and not knowing how to love themselves. So, you know, that helped me sort of figure out my why and maybe really hone in on that because I feel like you need to remember that on a daily basis, really. Otherwise, what are we doing here? So there's a lot of famous people I'm inspired by, but I also wanted to mention my spiritual mentor, Lynn Hoyerman, who you've actually spoken to for the Afterlight podcast, Lauren. So she taught me so much. And when I met her, she was working sort of a regular job, doing her spiritual work on the side. And then I watched her kind of build up the courage. Um, she was a single mom. That was why there was a bit of risk involved and take that leap of faith. And whenever I feel like I'm sort of struggling a bit or I'm, you know, in exhaustion or trying to do too much, I remember her leap of faith and I just keep pressing on, you know, and that's inspirational. So, you know, and she wouldn't have been able to do that if she didn't ask for help. You know, she had to ask for help from friends, you know, she had to ask for help from colleagues. And, you know, for me to get here, you know, I have, so I've got some clients who've really supported me for since the beginning. And some of them were like, Michelle, you need to do mentorship. You need to step up. And so what I do, Lauren, and, and this is getting back to delegation is that those clients of mine who were the ones who inspired me to start this, you know, to start mentorship and teaching and all of that is that I now enlist their help on my group. So I've got a private group and I like to do, you know, static card draws. I like to do live readings. You know, I do some joint live readings with different people. And so I'm now asking them to step up and help me because I can't do it all on my own. Like it's a lot for me to be doing static draws, live readings, all this yeah. stuff. So the you ones that I really trust. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all energy because yeah. I'm doing readings and healings and mentorship and everything in between that. So it's like, you know, those guys that really performed well that I felt like, you know, had a bit of a gift and had a bit of confidence and were able to do this. And even the ones who don't have the confidence, I'm getting them to do the static draws till they work up to the point where they feel like they could do a live reading. So I'm trying to get these guys to step up. And my intention at the moment is to have like a roster system where I can have, you know, Belinda one week, Jane the next week, Beth the next week. So sort of a roster system where they rotate and someone does like a static draw. So we've got those static draws going up every week and we've got the joint live readings that I'm sort of working with different people doing that. So the only way that I feel like I can grow my business is to do that, you know, to delegate to my trusted clients and I mean mentorship clients, even just some of my reading clients um, who become mentorship clients, but that's how I'm growing my business and I'm enlisting their help and they're loving it. They're absolutely loving mm -hmm. it because it's encouraging them to kind of step out of their comfort zone. And a lot of them are very uncomfortable doing it, but you know, I'm leading by example. I'm like, well guys, I'm doing this platform mediumship thing and I'm uh, crapping my dacks. Let's be honest about that in March. So I'm like, I'm doing it. So I really want you guys to step up as well. So I just felt to mention that as well as a bit of inspo. Uh, but now it's time for the party that. element, Lauren. Yeah. So the party element is brought to you by the task reduction system. So basically if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you um, are confused about how to prioritize where you should be spending your time, you're not able to delegate, you don't know um, what the most important thing to do is for your business or your life. You know, these are things that this system is actually what you can actually incorporate into your regular life as well. I know that one of the women who took the course 
she actually was teaching her teenager the things that she was learning in her course in the course so it's called the task reduction system. If you head to rawrawconsulting.com, all the details are there. I'll put a link for it as well in the show notes. Basically, it's a two-hour course where you do all the work on the course. And then at the end, you'll know how to label your tasks, identify them, organize them, and then scheduling your tasks. And then you just basically repeat the system every day every time that you're organizing your life. And so it will change your entire life where you'll be able to get time back and or not waste time, which is super, super important. Plus you get access to the course for a whole year. So if you forget the system, you go back, you do it again. Uh, and it's amazing. Yes. So all the details for that are on my website. So basically the party element is just really about, you know, well, it's kind of not in line at all with what we talked about today, but it was in line with something that I was doing earlier. So <laughs> it's about, hmm, let me see how I could phrase this so that it matches asking for help. Okay. So I find that one of the things that I've been doing is working far too much and that's by choice. It's not because I don't know how to manage my time. It's because I have been saying yes to things like extra shifts at the restaurant and um, yes to things that, uh, you know, maybe can wait. Uh, and so I'm spending more time having fun. So what I did today is I actually looked at all the local events that are happening in my area and I saw a bunch of things that I want to do over the coming year. And so what I did is I actually scheduled myself some emails where I sent emails to myself and also my partner <laughs> to be like, Hey, do you want to go to this? And so I sent myself emails, you know, in June, in um, May, in July, things like that for events that are happening around that time. Cause then I'm not forced to remember them all right now. I can just put them in, send us both a link and go, is this something that we still want to do? Or is this something that we're interested in? And yeah. And so that's what uh, I'd like to schedule more of my time doing is having um, more fun and, you know, getting out there and trying new things. So that's what the party element is all about today. Get out there and try new things and ask someone to go with you if you'd like to. There you go. Ask someone. Oh, is that you. your delegate? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to focus a little bit more on um, delegation in, in what I'm talking about. Now, Gabby Bernstein is someone that I am so inspired by. And for me, uh, it's a lot about inspiration. I need to have people that make me excited who are excited about their own lives and make me excited because that makes me want to do what I'm doing on a daily basis. And it gives me a bit more energy. Now, Gabby Bernstein talks about eliminate, delegate and duplicate your ways to success. So these are the key sort of steps that she feels lead us to being successful business owners, entrepreneurs, that sort of thing. So eliminate getting rid of what you don't need, which is a big one. I always tell people, you know, clear out your cupboards. And I do this on a regular basis in here because it's all about my energy. So I'm always, you know, cleaning out, wiping down, getting rid of, throwing out, all that sort of stuff. Delegate delegate what you're not great at, as I was saying before. So if you've got someone else who's better at doing something, get help with it and duplicate. So repeating, uh, bringing in, um, doing what, whatever you do well, do more of it, you know? Um, so I feel like that's really, really key. Eliminate, delegate, delegate rather and duplicate. Spend your time wisely and learn to delegate, she says, so that you have time and creative energy. 
And um, I just love Gabby. Today I'm a rock star. I'll put the link to the show notes um, to this, what I'm reading out. There's a few different um, pages that I got this from. She's got quite a few beautiful quotes on uh, Pinterest, which Lauren and I have a page on with business and the front party in the back. Today I'm a rock star when it comes to negotiating and delegating, but that wasn't always the case. She spent years under earning because she wasn't willing to ask for more and she had a fear of negotiating. Um, it's a common issue, she says, that she finds in women. We haven't been taught to negotiate or ask for more. We are psyched to get an offer and we take what we can get, which is really, really true. But this mentality seriously affected her bank account. This is Gabby. Um, solopreneur does not scale. She spent nearly eight years trying to do it all. The control freak, she talks about being control freak. She was unwilling to let go of the rope and allow others to step in and help out. So what she learned from that is that if you try to control everything, you can never let your true talent shine through. Hence, another business bottom um, that taught her a massive lesson. So because she you know, had to hit rock bottom. So she's since learned that trying to do everything will never serve a business. In order to for your business to grow, you have to learn to delegate to those who know more than you in certain areas. This gives you the necessary freedom to be creative and to grow your business. So it is about letting go. It is about, you know, sort of waving goodbye to the ego, which we've spoken about a bit today, because that's all it is. When you try to hold on to everything so tight, it's just a control thing. And it really is just about the ego. So if you want to succeed, a listener at home who's listening intently, then we need to be able to let go. We can't control it all. And know what you're good yeah. at and do more of that and then delegate yeah. the rest. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I do go over that in the task reduction system, like identifying the tasks that belong to you, because that's super key. Because you don't want to be delegating things that you should be doing yourself. That's yep. massive yeah. to know the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just thought we would end with a quote from um, Barack Obama. I don't know why I chose him, but I just, this is a good quote. So that's pretty much, <laughs> that's my answer. This is why I chose it. Um, so he says, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. I do that every day. Asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It shows you have the courage to admit when you don't know something and to learn something new. And so I just think that, you know, you have so much to gain for asking for help or another perspective or delegating or just, you know, releasing a little bit of control. It is amazing what can happen. And a lot of that comes down to trust. Um, yeah. So I think it's super key. So that's the show. That's fantastic, Lauren. Um, and I was actually thinking, I did have another show sort of lined up for next week. I was thinking about protection because what we were talking about before about the sprays and like how we keep our mm. energy safe and stuff like that. And I was trying to think, have we done, I don't think we've done anything quite like specifically about that i don't think we have let's protection, do it cleansing yeah. like all of that sort of stuff your space um yeah but protection's a big one because we can give away a lot of our energy and a lot of what i do on a daily basis is people who are empaths coming to me and telling me i'm exhausted and a lot of them are like hairdressers yeah. nurses doctors you know aged care workers you know stuff like that so i think goosebumps i'm getting a bit of confirmation so i feel like i'd like to talk about protection because yes it kind of has a spiritual aspect to it but People who aren't, you know, necessarily spiritual can do this. Like this is a pretty easy technique that anyone can kind of do. Yeah. And yeah. so and it's super important to do it too because you do feel draining. Life. You do feel you get sick easier. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. So we've got um we've already got a head start because we have some sprays and crystals and things that we use for this and we were talking about it uh, off air. So I think this is a good one. I think we'll do this for next week. 
So um, that's going to be really cool. And it'll give people a lot of tips. Everyone struggles with this, you know, cutting cords, like all that sort of stuff. We don't have to carry all that stuff around with us, especially, you know, I've got friends whose husbands are police officers, you know, and they come Mm -hmm. home and they see some shocking things. Their wives are empaths. They're then picking up that energy. So it's just passing it on and on and on and on. We don't want to do that. So that's why I work with people to help them let go of that. You don't have to take it. So I feel like that's um, going to be a really good episode. I can't wait for that. And that was uh, inspiration in the moment, Lauren. So that has been the business in the front. Party in the back podcast. And if you love the episode, please do share it. Tell everyone, you know, if anything, just maybe tell one friend, you know, Mm. one person that's listening uh, or one person you think would like to listen, please tell them because they'll tell more people. And our goal is to get to at least 10,000 downloads by December. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's let's great. Do it. Yeah. Help with 10,000 downloads by December. Okay. Yep. That's our intention. Um, and so, yeah. And we need you at home to help us with that. So mm-hmm. thank you in advance. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you more, please. Yes. And if you didn't like the episode, Michelle, what should people do? Uh, maybe just keep it to yourself. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Don't Lauren. delegate to anybody. Don't ask yes, correct. anybody else. Yeah. Good episode. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you. Great one. <laughs>